What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? It's Johnny King with another amazing episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I have an awesome guest in the house, Chris Bello. What's up, man? How are you? What's up, Johnny? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm excited to to chat about things that I like to geek out about because you geek out about the same thing, which uh, for a lot of guys, I feel like around the, the topics of productivity and uh, making sure that we're getting shit done is uh, is a very masculine trait. Not, yes, checklists. <laughs> yes, of course, women, women uh, and men, we all like to get stuff done, but it is very much that expression of the masculine, which is like, yeah providing checking things off your list yep everything else but why don't you uh tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself uh i could read your bio of course and being a real estate expert and you're uh as well as the host of the entrepreneur motivation podcast but give give the guys a little bit more of a context as to who you are and where you live and what you've got going on in your life right now and uh all the good stuff absolutely so like we talked about when we got a chance to connect recently my fiance and I actually just moved to Denver uh, about a year ago from the Houston, Texas area, just because of a change of scenery. It's kind of funny because everyone's like, did you move out here for work? And I'm like, actually, I'm doing virtual real estate. So I still have clients back in Texas mostly, but I wanted to create my business in a way where I can go travel anywhere, live a life by design, live life on my own terms type of thing. So I think like a lot of your listeners can probably relate. I did the whole corporate route, get a job you know, wear the button down shirt and a tie or whatever, nothing ever fit. I never felt comfortable because I never wear that stuff. And it just felt like I wasn't fitting in, you know, I'm like, man, I don't want to be here. I can't play this corporate game for that long. And then, you know, I go play screamo or heavy metal on the way home. And I'm like, none of these people realize the kind of crazy music that I like to listen to and the stuff that I like to do on my free time. And so I finally broke off and I did my own thing. You know, I got into real estate uh, left the oil and gas world behind the corporate world. And just right now, just living the life of play, you know, trying to pursue my passions. I got a snowboard in the corner, unlimited epic ski pass, you know, uh, and just kind of living it one day at a time, enjoying my life. And so that's a little bit more about me outside of just the real estate in the podcast. Yeah. I like that because I think you, you touch on, on a point that uh, I think precedes the, the productivity, the getting stuff done because I do feel like a lot of guys that I run into and probably listen to this podcast, men and women for that matter, don't feel like they have a whole lot of clarity or they're not in integrity with what it is that they ultimately value in life. And when that's the case, then no matter how many hacks and tips and tricks you can give someone, they just might not feel like they're all that motivated. And that has more to do with, I think, to your point, like you made a move, I made a move too, to like be in alignment uh, with what makes you happy, right? Absolutely. Alignment, because that's what I share in my story is I, I was doing what everyone around me was doing, right? I went, my parents sent me to a Catholic school and then I went to a college prep Jesuit school. 
a lot of my friends from there went to Texas A&M University. So I'm like, well, I got 30 friends going there. I might as well just follow them. And I never really stopped to think, what do I actually enjoy and what do I want to do? I just looked around. I'm like, well, these all my smart friends are doing this. I should follow along. And then a couple of years in, I'm like, you know, screw this. Like, how do I, how do I live life on my own terms? And how do I live a life outside the cubicle? Cause I was kind of over it and I didn't see myself there, you know, doing those things, going through those motions long-term. And I love that word that you said alignment. That is hundred percent right. But you have to tune into who you are to even know what to align with. Tune into who you are to, or in another way, like figure out who you are. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I tell a lot of my clients who are in their twenties, like, dude, take, take that decade and just try as much shit as possible. Cause you got time on your side. Yes. Take the bigger risks, go travel, date the people, you know, like do as much as you can. Cause I think in your twenties, you really start to hone in. Gosh, you know, obviously between 10 and 20, you're going through puberty and you're stepping into a whole new like perspective of life from a child to That's a big change. To adult, <laughs> 10 right? to 20. But then in your 20s, right? In your 20s, it's like, okay, figure out who you are in yeah. many regards. And even even still, I think in your 30s, I feel like that whole decade uh, is really more focused on, okay, starting to refine, am I, you know, what do I like and what do I like? And, and I, you know, who I want to hang out with and surround myself with, I think that's a big part of it. And then I saw a meme not too long ago that, that said something like, I wish someone would have told me that that life actually begins at 40, you know, when we <laughs> figured things out, you know? Cool. Cause uh, I'm still trying to get there. I, I just turned uh, 31 man. last year. So I'm, yeah. I got a ways to go till 40. Well, and if you, if you're figuring things out, then you're ahead of the game, but I definitely felt like that was kind of the, the case, but to your point, I feel like if, if it makes you happy, it doesn't need to make sense to anyone else. You know, exactly. I feel like we have that uh, freedom now with technology and everything else. We're like, shit, if you don't want to work from a cubicle, then you, don't you have want to go live and work from Tulum, go fucking do it. Like whatever. <laughs> right. Right. So tell, tell a little bit more about uh, that. Even stepping your way back into like, what, what were you up against when like to, to what your story was, was uh, already kind of coming across in terms of just sitting in your cubicle maybe just checking in, checking out, and then not feeling like you are the same person at work versus the person that's already on his drive home or showing up. How did you, how did you even uh, keep the relationship going too, when you felt like you were maybe out of alignment? Yeah. So the alignment thing is huge. I mean, I was kind of, I guess, lying to myself or to answer your, your point earlier, I hadn't even asked myself who I want to be or who I am. I hadn't done the, the work of figuring that out. Right. So Again, I was just following along and all my quote unquote smart friends that I went to school with, they all did the same thing. I didn't really have a whole lot of entrepreneurial friends that broke the mold, right? We were all plugged into the matrix type thing. Oh, that person's going to Columbia and then they're doing consulting. That person got into Harvard Business School and now they're working at, you know, Google or whatever. So I saw those things and I felt like that's where I had to follow suit. But I, de- I definitely did not feel like I was in alignment. I've always been like the wear workout clothes or have skateboard shoes in middle school type thing. And now all of a sudden I'm dressing up in business casual and occasionally putting on suits to present to executives. And I just felt a little out of place, right? Like I had to cut my hair a certain way and uh, kind of play by the rules and, and speak eloquently and all those things. And so it wasn't until I started to realize like, hey, there's people that I follow and there's audiobooks I'm listening to, like four hour work week was very transformative for me. 
I started listening to these podcasts in my cubicle because for those listening, when you're and things are different now here in 2022, a lot of people are working remotely, but a lot of people have started to go back into the office, right? When you're sitting there and you're there, it's not even a nine to five. It's really like an eight to five, right? Plus you get an hour of lunch. Yeah. It, it is a long day, a long work week. And you're just looking at the clock like, oh my gosh, it's only 11 a.m. And I got to stay here. Got to got a meeting at 4 p.m. And it's not until you start to ask those questions of like, what could life look like? How can I design my life? How do I make money outside of a, a job where I get a paycheck every two weeks? Right. And so I started to move closer as I asked these questions to that ideal version of myself, which again, I didn't know. I had to kind of define it, pick it and just how do I do step-by-step step, bridge the gap between where I am and where I want to be. So if I hear you correctly, a big part of it now was going to be another question that I had, which is like, how, how did you actually get there? How did you figure out what was your values? So how did you get in alignment with yourself? It sounds like a lot of the kind of the personal growth, the, the podcast yeah. books, the people that you follow kind of helped maybe trigger some of those deeper questions you think? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, as I've mentioned, like before, the people you surround yourself with, if that's all you see, that's all you think is possible, right? We hear the stories of people who grow up in a rough area and you think of like the biggest number they can think of. They're like, if I had a magic lamp, I would wish for a million dollars because they, they've never seen anything around them like that shows different. They could have a billion dollars, but just they can't fathom it, right? I think Tom Billu talks about this number, how he'd ask, if you could have any wish in the world, what would it be? And everyone in that area would just say a million dollars. Like that was the cap on their dreams. But as I started to listen to podcasts and surround myself with different people and go to startup events and talk to like tech founders, I got very plugged into that where I'm like, oh my gosh, this company raised this much money. That person's been working from Bali for like the last two years, making 10K plus a month, you know, six figures a year and living in a place where it's astronomically cheaper than the US. So that started to open my mind like, hey, how did you do that? When did you quit? Did you have money on the side before you quit or did you just quit and figure it out? Right. Mm -hmm. And of course I started to chart my own path, but you know, the short answer is surround yourself with the people who are where you want to be. And they'll also show to you what's possible. Cause you're like physically seeing them do it. And you're like, well, they did it. I can do it too. Totally. But, but I think the, the biggest part that, uh, that you did there was you had the humility to ask the questions. You have to, you can't act like you know it all. Otherwise, if you try to act like you know it all, you'll never really learn. Right. And, and I think, you know, take, take the example of walking into the gym. You could certainly just watch people and see what they're doing and, and, and learn through, you know, osmosis, you know, just by watching them. But you can speed up time so much faster to listen to a podcast or to go actually ask a person who has <clears throat> similar results in some area of your life, obviously, right? Exactly. So the, 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 the fundamentals are not all that challenging to to comprehend and make sense of, but a lot of times it's more of our ego or insecurity really, right. That keeps us scared to actually ask the question or to actually leave a job or to your point, like leave a state, go try something new. Right. Right. So what brought you into to real estate of all things? So real estate was one of those things. This is kind of a funny part of the story. So I had, I had a part, uh, part of my career or story where I quit my job and I freaked out a little bit. I tried some stuff, tried to invent something. I kind of blew through a lot of my savings. I think it was like 40 grand I invested in an invention product and I had about 60,000 saved. Plus I already had the expectation of living the life that I like, right? I didn't have to worry about bills or expenses because I was making more than I was spending. 
And now it had been like six, seven months where I'm like, crap, I'm not really making money. I just wired 30K to this supplier to manufacture this thing. And I was starting to see like the the numbers weren't working out well. Uh, So there was a little part of my story that I don't often share because I'm like, it's so short. It doesn't even really count. But I did kind of panic and I applied to get an oil and gas job again. Got hired fairly quickly. I'm good at faking my way through reviews or interviews, right? I'm like happy. Oh, I'm so excited. Can't wait to make all this impact. And then a weekend after I got the job, I'm like, why did I do this to myself? I'm back in the freaking cubicle talking about all these things that I don't care about. I actually got fired from that job. I've never been fired. I'm like college educated, you know, smart, great work ethic, at least so I'm told. And four months in, I get fired from this job because I'm just disconnected disengage. And I'm already focusing on my own stuff. You know, my podcast, my blog posts, wasn't making any money, but I was already working on those things. And so when I got fired from that job, I was like, that was my wake up call to like, Chris, you can never go back into this because you're not passionate about it. And life is too short to try to like chase the salary, right? I was, I was enamored by 70, $80,000 salary with, with potential for more six figures and all that. And Within the two weeks of vacation, all the downsides and having to commute an hour each way, those were the things that were like, you know what, I'm just going to try real estate. And I was hesitant, right? Because I I felt invested. It's that sunk cost fallacy. I went to university. I studied supply chain. I have a job in supply chain. This is where I'm supposed to be. I already spent all these years studying it. I don't know anything about real estate. But like you said earlier, it took being humble to, to an extent and realizing like, I'm going to have to have that learner's mindset and be a beginner again. And that's when I got into real estate. I actually reached out to a few people who owned a real estate investment company and I kind of got started with them. I, I took a job in a way, but not for a corporation. It was like a 10 person team. The two owners were in their thirties and it was a really fun work environment. You hit upon so many good, uh, good nuggets there. I hope people are listening. Cause to me, I'm here like a first and foremost, I have to commend you just even sharing that part of your story. Cause I do feel like a lot of people will kind of like want to keep it like, Oh, just was awesome. It was great. But, yeah. No, yeah. There were some and, ups and, and downs, man. Oh, hundred percent. And I share that on, on my own story and, and on, on this podcast, obviously at different times where man, I, you know, the, the allure of the adventure, the allure of the risk, the allure of, you know, can a lot of times break us free from our, uh, kind of what's, what's what I'm, addiction to the paycheck and the certainty and the stability. Right. So we go it's hard to leave sometimes the adventure. Right. But then you yeah. leave and you do it, but then sometimes it gets really, really scary. And there's more uncertainty than we can emotionally kind of handle. Right. So then yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've had a filled out application sitting on the chair next to me as I'm driving, <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at it like, no, oh, I can't do it. No. And you, and you, yeah, you just know that you're going to go back and it's going to be, it's going to feel great for like weeks or months getting that paycheck. And then you're going to be dead again, you know? And I feel like too 100%. many guys, you and I both experienced that sense of like <clears throat> emotional uh, numbness or sedation where you're like, this is not what I was put on this planet to do. The other point that you made that I thought was really, really good is, but it's so tricky because we're like, oh, but I've invested this much education education. or experience and time, you know, that's just the ego trying to keep you safe or trying to keep you wrapped up in something that, you know, is worthwhile, man. Like, I think it's good that you just ripped off the bandaid. You reached out to people, you know, you got into stuff that you enjoy doing and, and you love real estate, I assume. Yeah. Real estate's been fun. You know, the thrill of the hunt, the thrill of the chase, closing deals, yeah. sales and all of that. 
but also just talking to people. Like that's a lot of real estate, whether you're in the investment side or as a real estate agent, talking to people is a lot of it, which I love to do. I clearly have the podcast, like over 320 episodes. I can't remember how many I've done. So I talk to people very frequently at the gym, at the sports recovery place, like at the line of the grocery store. I don't have any trouble talking to people, which works really well for real estate because you've got to, sometimes the joke is like, you're almost like a therapist in a way. And of course I'm not licensed or anything, but that's the joke you see in the real estate forums because people are making the biggest financial decision in many cases. There's worry, there's stress, there's anxiety. First time home buyers freaking out when they see the inspection report or a motivated seller who's three months behind on their payments and they don't want to sell. And you're like, you kind of have to, because you're about to lose your house and not get any money. Whereas this offer allows you to get $30,000, be done with this and not ruin your credit type thing. Right. So uh, it has been very fun, but it also has presented more challenges and the uncertainty, like you mentioned, I never know when that next deal is going to pop up. So I'm like, man, I got nothing in the pipeline. But I know something could come in today and three weeks later, 10K commission, 15K commission, right? So yeah. the uncertainty is a blessing and a curse because some of it's like your stomach's in a knot, but it also is like that roller coaster where after you get off, you're like, okay, that was a little bit fun. It was a little bit scary, but I would do it again, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, again, you you can obviously manage the the uncertainty well and some people- yeah you know, probably aren't, aren't quite there, but it also, you know, goes to the point that you found something that you were already inherently good at in terms of just interacting with people. Maybe you're an extrovert, you you're curious, you like having conversations, whereas then there might be other people that, that real estate doesn't suit them, you know? So you got to find whatever obviously is an alignment going back to that. Alignment's big thing for sure. So you work with, with clients buying and selling. Yeah. I primarily work with uh, clients buying and selling. I started off working a lot with investors And so when I got my real estate license, that kind of was my specialty, but I have moved on to also accepting retail clients, you know, buying that dream home, the new build, that kind of thing. But I also see myself as more of a connector because again, I'm licensed in Texas. I just moved to Denver. I still have clients in Houston, but I'm also helping people vet and connect with realtors across the, the nation, which enables me to play this like referral commission game. I can help someone who wants to buy a house in Seattle, find a realtor, that realtor helps them find the house and I can get a referral commission that way. Technically I'm making my money through Texas as if I never left, but physically I'm just living in Denver. Cool. 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 Beyond that, talking more about the entrepreneurial game and outside of helping clients buy and sell, what, what's your focus over the next, let's say three, five, 10 years as it relates to, to real estate. And are you even personally playing in that game? you know, in terms of creating long-term wealth? Yeah. So for real estate, I've been more on the agent side, helping clients. I had a house in Houston, you know, did a live-in flip in a way, bought it, renovated it, sold it, made a profit. We sold it obviously uh, right before moving down here uh, from the Houston area. But of course, that's the plan is to get more into the, the buy and hold game. They do call, there's a strategy called wholesaling, which is basically those signs you see on the side of the street. We buy houses cash as is. Most of the time, those people don't really buy the houses. They find the house deals with the sellers. They find the buyers. So they call that kind of investing, but it's not really holding onto the properties. It's just flipping it real quick and making, it's almost like being a real estate agent where it's a wholesale fee instead of a commission. So that's kind of the area that I've played in. I haven't really bought and hold properties aggressively just yet. Uh, So that is the plan is to continue to generate active income 
pour it into investments that of course spit out passive income. Um, cause just cause you earn six figures actively doesn't mean that's a totally different thing than having that mailbox money come in every month, whether you work or not. Right. Right. And I do feel like that's a, a lot of the personal finance podcasts that I listen to. They talk about know. getting real estate. Yeah. Real, well, real estate's one of them or, you know, uh, living off the, the, 4% rule, you know, where you have, you know, yep. let's say a million and a half, you know, cause you've spent your twenties making coin, but really living frugally. Right. And then just living off of your, your investments in that regard. So whether it be real estate or the market, it could be crypto now, it could be like so many different things. There's, there's a lot of things that I dabble in too. It's just, you know, I'm always kind of curious to hear what people are up doing if they're doing anything. I do more of the short-term rentals, <clears throat> so okay. got, you know, Airbnbs. Uh, three, yeah, three or four B- Airbnbs, and uh, that's been nice. But you just never know how, you know, that might be great for a little while, and, and things have to shift, right? So right, right. So I guess yeah. I've been mostly interested in what I love about wholesaling and being a real estate agent. Like, it's low risk, but pretty high reward opportunity. Yeah. Like. If something happens, if the market shifts a little bit, if there's vacancies in a certain area, if I get a property and I'm like, man, no one wants to live here. I don't have to necessarily worry about that because I'm like, I can still pull in a 30, 40 K month off of commissions. And if the deals don't close, the worst case is maybe I get one less commission that month. Right. But I don't have like expenses or overhead because I'm not spending 30 K a month on properties or on marketing or things like that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, shifting gears a little bit just towards uh, more dialing in your, your life and your day-to-day activities. What are some of your bigger tips or tricks that you've kind of learned over the years that really has helped you stay focused and fulfilled, happy, balanced, you know, between work and play relationships, health? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's so many things there. It, it, it all starts with setting that first goal, you know, I started setting a goal to work out, I don't know, three, four times a week. I've been working out consistently since I was 16. So I guess it's a little easier because it was built into me uh, from a young age, wrestling, track and field, like just staying active. But then of course, started adding things on, like, let me drink a gallon of water a day. Let me wake up at six, even though I don't really have to, especially now, since I quit the corporate job, I could wake up at 10 every day if I wanted to. But part of me is like, no, let's keep some sort of consistency and routine So I've developed my routine over time from going from waking up early to now I track how many pages I read a day. I do a morning routine every morning. I meditate one or two times a day. But the way that I really got there is there's a a guy I follow named Miles Beckler, a digital marketer. And on one of his podcasts, he talks about the perfect day exercise. And you take a a whole piece of paper in your notebook and you write out your perfect day. Where would you wake up? What kind of coffee are you looking at? Uh, what's your view when you step out? Are you seeing mountains or do you see an ocean? Like, what does it look like? And as you get more and more clear and you spell out like, you know, I have no calls until 1 PM and I drink this coffee. I have an espresso machine. I go work out at 10 AM. You start to craft your ideal life. And from doing that exercise, if I go through one of my old journals and I look at it, there's going to be a perfect day that looks like my current routine where it's like, we live in Denver. There's mountains in the distance. When I drive to the gym, I see beautiful lakes and like snow-capped mountains. And that's like what happened today. And so that's how I bridged the gap between where I was. I had to figure out where I want to be. And then I took the necessary steps to get there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. And so when, it, when it, we're talking about setting yourself up, whether you're talking about the, the morning routine or the evening routine, mm-hmm. 
what do you feel like is, is, is one more important than the other? Are they, they go on hand in hand and, and what is something there that you really enjoy for you personally, uh, checking off every single day, whether it be the meditation, like you said, or the workout or reading, what is it for you that you really enjoy with, with either your morning or evening routine? I really love the morning aspect. I guess I, I used to maybe be a night owl. I'm not sure. Maybe in college, I'd stayed up till 2 a.m. watching South Park or something. I, I remember I'd be up till two or three and I'd sleep until noon because I didn't have a class until 1 p.m. My schedule was mm-hmm. insane. And now things have shifted where I've become the morning person. If I stay up past 10 o'clock, like New Year's Eve was so hard for me to stay up till midnight because I'm so used to just six o'clock a.m., you know, 6.15 maybe I'm up. Um, I do set an alarm, but I usually wake up like right before it anyway. And so the morning routine has become key for me in the evening. I may occasionally meditate one more time right before bed, but that's usually time spent with my fiance. We'll watch some Netflix. We might play some Nintendo switch. We've been, we got a couple of games recently and we both like to play together. So we nice. might just play and relax. And then at nine, nine 30 PM, that's when I start to wind down. And so the morning routine has been key for me because I wake up early. I knock out the miracle morning. If you're familiar with that by Hal Elrod, savers, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing. So that takes out, takes up about an hour and I enjoy it. I'm like, cool. I read, I wrote down my goals for today, how yesterday went, I'm going to go to the gym. And then by noon, I feel like I already knocked out like more than most people, right? Most people are just getting started. I'm already wrapping up. Mm-hmm. I love it. What, what would you say to those people who have a hard time being that morning person, ha, uh, someone who has a hard time motivating themselves to do like the savers, you know, morning routine, and they just struggle to get their engine going until later on in the day or even their night hour. Maybe they just, they get dialed in in the evenings. Yeah. So I will start that off by saying, you know, it's okay to be a night owl or be a morning, an early bird. It doesn't matter as long as you're not creating excuses for yourself. Cause a lot of times people will be like, I saw someone, I posted about my morning routine. Someone on Instagram was like, well, how can I do this? I have to be at work at 4 40 AM or something. And I just commented like, wake up 30 minutes earlier, winky face, you know, regardless of the time you wake up at the secret is to just wake up 15 minutes or 30 minutes earlier and as you do that, you're going to find that you become an early, an early person because you're going to get tired. If you're waking up at six o'clock and you're used to waking up at eight or nine, you're not going to be staying up till 2 a.m. anymore because you're going to be exhausted, right? So that's how you slowly shift from being the night owl to being the morning person. Wake a little bit earlier, which makes you go to bed earlier. You start to shift that. And it work is, out hard. Those, yeah, and work out hard. I think the, the working out, obviously exhaust you like you said so that you're ready to yeah crash, if you skip the you workout know? you have all this energy when you're about to go to bed you're like i'm not tired well if you go run for 30 minutes and lift heavy for like 40 minutes you're gonna probably be exhausted especially if you're out in the sun you're hiking a mountain like try to do all that and then tell me you're not tired at 10 p.m you're gonna be exhausted <laughs> <laughs> how about how, how about those people who have a bunch of kids it's it's difficult they work all day they wake up they work out then they come home they're with the kids they eat they have very little time to, to even connect with their spouse, their significant other. They have to go to bed and do it all over again. They're just like barely keeping their head above water. Any, any tips or ideas in that regard of someone who's just stretched too thin? Yeah. So I know that I've heard lack of time is really a lack of priorities, you know, and I, I know I have to admit that I don't have any children or anything. 
I've got three pets, but I do play fetch. I take the dog out on multiple walks a day. So I make time, even though it's not necessarily a kid. I know I'm not trying to compare my animals to children that require way more attention, love and care. But from what I've seen, I know a lot of people who have large families and they're top producers, top performers, and they'll do stuff like maybe they've got to create a home gym in one of their rooms or in their garage where they don't have to commute to a gym. They can just say, you know, hey, can someone watch the kids for two seconds? I'm going to go knock out a 30 minute workout on my Peloton or, you know, with the weights in the gym. So you're able to blend these types of things in. And then if you're seeing a big time suck in an area like cooking, cleaning, grocery shopping, oh, I haven't, I haven't even done that in like all year. I started ordering meal prepped foods. And so for me, I buy 12, 15 meals at a time. I've got three or four plates in the fridge every single day. I no longer have to go grocery shopping, cook, clean. That buys me hours every week. So for those listening who have busy lives and busy families, you're stretched thin if you've got to work full time, you got a grocery shop, you got to cook for the kids, you got to pack meals. So I would kind of encourage you to maybe consider one of these meal prep options to cut out having to cook all the time. You know, I get it. People like to cook. They might like to go work out at a certain gym, but if it's further away from you, if you got to drive 20 minutes to get there, time is the constraint here, right? So if you can buy yourself time a little bit here, a little bit there, that's how you essentially create more time to fit in your family, fit in your church obligations and your exercise. I think there's certain people, uh, and I love that. I I think there's certain people that are inherently just um, more disciplined than others you know, they, they enjoy the discipline. I think there's also certain people who have a negative association to discipline. Right. And they, and they like to, whether they call themselves free spirits or, or whatever, I think the challenge is that sometimes they're feeling like they're pushing a a rock uphill when they're just attempting to like, they don't like the rigidity of time blocking on their calendar or doing all things and being so structured, you know? So have you, have you run into that? Do you know of anyone? Is that like your fiance, let's say, or someone that you know, or someone you've worked with when they just have so much resistance there, but you just work th- with them with like the, the, the very next step. What's the very next step versus kind of talking, you know, bigger, bigger picture as we are right now? Yeah, I'd say the very next step. If you do that perfect day exercise and you realize like in my perfect day, I would work out at 10 a.m. instead of at 8 p.m., right? That alone was very eye-opening for me because I'm like, gosh, I've been working out in the evenings, like my whole life. And of course, now I have the flexibility to make that a morning workout. And whenever my fiance is like, Hey, do you want to go to yoga with me at 7 PM? I'm like 7 PM. I'm, I'm winding down, getting ready for bed. I don't want to be sweating in power yoga. So if you do that exercise, the very next step would be if you can use an automation software tool, like Calendly, I have people book appointments through Calendly for everything from like a coffee meeting to a lunch meeting to a podcast interview. And those, those booking links correspond with my ideal life, right? People can't book me at 8 a.m. on a Wednesday because I'm like, no, I only take calls from 1 p.m. and on. That opens up my entire morning every single day to be flexible where I'm not super rigid. Like I can change my workout from 10 a.m. to noon. And so I don't feel like I'm confined in any way. I still have some flexibility with, within those blocks of time. So I'd say yeah. the very next step is if you can sign up for something like that, or at least use Google Calendar, you can visually see your day without freaking out and being like, oh my gosh, I know I have a million things to do, but I don't know what those things are. You can see it all. You can breathe knowing, hey, I don't have anything for three hours. I can go to the gym now. I can go in an hour. It's going to be fine. 
Yeah. And what I like about the, the four hour work week, because you mentioned it earlier, is that it got me really thinking about like, what can I actually delegate or automate that you're you know, doing? What can I get other people that I'm doing. And, and so since then, man, I read it when, when it came out, what, 10, over 10 years ago, whenever that was, you know, I still use people over, I've got a, a great girl over in Nairobi. I've got another great guy down in South America that mm-hmm. does stuff for me. But to your point, I think maybe my suggestion would be like, look at all the things that you do. A lot of times I have people time audit, just look at all the things you do, kind of like, like your diet, what are you currently eating and what needs to shift? What needs to become healthier? Right. And then once I time audit every, everything, that, or once they time audit everything they're doing, then you start looking at what are the, the low hanging fruit that you could do. And to your point, like since the beginning of COVID, I haven't shopped, I use Instacart, you know, and, and exactly. to your point, I've got my, my meals, you know, that I eat all the Already time. It's just, yeah. And I think, you know, people can come up with excuses of saying, well, I don't have the money for that. Well, then you need to look at ways to create more money. You have to get out of that, that limiting mindset, you know, exactly that is scarcity or a, a lack of abundance. Right. And that's a big yeah, part of it. hundred percent. And for me, it was an easy switch in my mind. Cause obviously I get paid, I can increase my income. I'm in that position where I have learned like, Oh, one more deal a year. If I have one more $15,000 deal that pays for four meals a day for the whole year. And I can buy myself, I don't know, 10 hours a week because I, you think of like parking at the grocery store, grabbing your card. Oh, I went to aisle three. I forgot to get this one thing. I hate finding like seasoning or something. You know, you're about to check out and you're like, I forgot that one thing. Now you got to go all the way through and, and push through people and find that one item. When you open up all that time, if you're in a position like that, I understand if you're getting paid a certain salary, it may be difficult to pallet or, you know, stomach the cost of like, oh my gosh, it's 15 grand a year or whatever for meal prep. But especially if you're in a sales-based role or a position where you can increase your income, if you just go out there and earn another $20,000, $30,000 a year, you can outsource and delegate all these other things that maybe you don't even like to do, but obviously they have to get done. We all got to eat. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think Instacart for me is what, 10 bucks, 10 bucks a month. That's yeah, definitely worth That's perfect. Is that unlimited deliveries? Week. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. See, Instacart, yeah. or even if you have an Amazon Prime membership, you can get free delivery with Whole Foods. Yeah. Whole Foods just, I feel like. I, it's expensive. <laughs> whole yeah, paycheck. Like, I'm always like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, hold up. I got one brown bag and this is like 300 yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good point. And I think that's where I think uh, I would also recommend people starting. It's just looking at what are the little things, you know, that you could do to help kind of automate. Uh, exactly calls, uh, which is kind of like almost like a personal assistant, anything that you do on a regular basis that, uh, is all virtual that's online. You could find someone on Upwork or freelancer.com or yeah. there's so many people that will do little things, uh, for you for relatively inexpensively. Cause it's so much, so much good money for them, wherever they are, uh, outside of this first world country. And it's, it's really supporting them as well, which I think is pretty cool. So those are all really really cool tips. What, what has freeing up the time with all these kind of productivity hacks been able to afford you, you know, in terms of a more fulfilling life? Yeah. So really at this point, I mean, I feel like I I work probably five hours a week if I want to, and everything's automated. If someone wants to buy a house or sell a house or whatever, I do an initial call, but after they say, let's move forward, like you mentioned, assistance, virtual assistance, I've got people in the Philippines Uh, They do everything else for me. I just send a quick text or forward an email. The paperwork gets done. I might review it for two seconds, like while I'm at the gym, fire it off, client signs it. So 
because I've outsourced and eliminated all these little decisions, you know, if you think about all the things you do in a single day, what am I going to wear? What am I going to work out today? I got to drive to the gym, got to pick up those kids from school, um, got to go to the grocery store, all those things that we just talked about. Yeah. If you can eliminate all the clutter, eliminate all those decisions, your, your clarity is extremely high. So at this point, I really am at that point where I can work on the things and do the things that I want to do. And if I don't want to do it, I can just outsource it, delegate it. If it has to get done, someone else can do it for me. So I have created this amazing life where I can choose to throw the ball for my dog at 11 a.m. for like an hour if I want to and just sit there without any music, without anything. It's like a meditation in a way. Yeah. Right. Most people can't do that. They're one meeting to the next, one thing to the next all the time. Slowing down less is more, uh, less is more. Regards, right. Yeah. yeah. Essentialism is a great book. If you've ever read that, or if anyone in the audience wants to one. check that out, mm-hmm. uh, less is more, like you said, and you got to say no to some things because I used to be a yes, man. I'd say yes to everything I'd overcommit. And then I'm like spread thin, you know? So now mm-hmm. that I know what I want to focus on and what my goals are, I've gotten very, very good at saying no when something doesn't seem like a good fit. Hey, I'm too busy right now, or that doesn't align with what I'm trying to do. We're going back to that word alignment. And now I'm like, cool. I didn't commit to that thing that I know I'm not going to want to do because it doesn't align with what I'm working on now, which buys me time to just do nothing or meditate an extra time that day, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and if you are a people pleaser, which I certainly am too, a recovering nice guy, I feel like it's, recovering, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tough to initially start creating some of those healthy boundaries because I think disappointing people are saying no is so challenging, you know? And so I think that's yeah. another uh, level on top of the perfect day exercise, you know, um, which I, I have a perfect day for when I'm in town in Denver, but then I also have a perfect day when I'm on vacation, right? Right. Um, and so things are a little bit obviously different, but they're also very similar. But for me, I feel like it's uh, another level on top of that. It's like, how do I want to be? Because when I'm, to your point, saying yes, then being sped, spread thin, then I get really resentful. I get angry. Uh, I become passive aggressive. Like all that over time, it like leaks out of me in things that are just in ways that are just so unhealthy. And that's not the way that I ultimately want to be. Even if I had the perfect day, but I'm still angry because I'm saying yes to all these things that doesn't work, you know? So right. Leads to burnout. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and feeling like you're kind of living this imposter syndrome, you know, where you're just kind of putting on a happy, a happy face, like you said, kind of faking your way through stuff, but you're really, really unhappy. And I think that's a big part of becoming King's podcast is really helping guys look at what, what does it mean for you to live as a King, you know? And for some guys it might be living in that high rise and having those suits and, you know, driving that car and having that great corner office and other guys might be like living out in the country and, and having, you know, animals and spending time hiking yeah. with the kids. Like it doesn't, there's no right or wrong way. It just depends on who you are and what really, really makes you happy. Right. Absolutely. And it seems like you spend a good amount of time really dialing that in to where you're enjoying it. Obviously I think it never ends. You'll probably be, as you get older, you just keep refining it and, and values will change. Right. So yeah. <clears throat> How, how much is this and your lifestyle impacted your relationship? Is your fiance totally on board? Does she do the same thing? Does she think you're crazy? Uh, I say that kind of tongue in cheek. <laughs> how, do, how does that work between within the relationship itself? That's a great question. So it is a little bit of an interesting dynamic because I'm like, take risks, you know, backpack in Asia for one month, let's go skydiving or scuba diving type of person. 
Uh, she's like, I'm never going to go skydive or like, it's going to take a lot for me to jump out of a plane. She does have a job as a CPA or as an accountant. She's working on getting her CPA. So she works at a firm and that provides a little more stability too, in a way where like, I'm like, she could joke, like, you're my sugar mama. If I don't close any deals, you know, you're going to help us out. But it also gives me that peace of mind where it's not all on my shoulders because I know she's getting a steady paycheck every two weeks. Uh, So we balance each other out. I live life on the edge. I'm okay not knowing the next time I'm going to get paid and be like, whatever, I'm going to talk to somebody and manifest it. I truly believe in that. And she's more like, hey, we got to start putting money aside for the wedding. Let's like save 200 bucks a month here and there. And I'm like, babe, I'm going to close like five deals before then. Like, it'll be cool. You know, that'll pay for the wedding. I I don't know. I don't know how yet. I don't have the leads yet, but they're they're on their way. Uh, So I think it's good to just have that healthy balance because if we were both crazy and like, risky and didn't know when we're going to get paid that might be a little more stressful on the relationship than the current dynamic we have set up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think it's good i think it shows that uh not so much the opposites attract but there has to be uh, a polarity between yeah uh man and woman and and or between man and man and woman and woman it's just more of the masculine and the feminine expression you know and i've met a exactly. lot of women who are who are you know especially here in colorado who are big time risk takers. And I've met a lot of men who are very, very connected to security and they don't want to take risks. It they, really is just a personal know. choice, right? Like a disc 100%. profile or Enneagram. I recommend people figure out and take those personality tests to like figure out what you are, you know? Like I know I'm a risk taker. I like novelty. I get bored fast doing the same thing. So me being in an office doing the same thing for like five months was driving me nuts. Whereas yeah, here it's yeah. like, we're doing a podcast today. Tomorrow I might make a reel on Instagram. The next day I might go to lunch with somebody I meet at the gym just because I have the time and I see that they're also in real estate. You know, I kind of love that. I don't know what's going to happen today, but let's figure it out type of thing. Totally. totally. I love that. And I'm, I'm very similar in that sense. Uh, and that Flexible. The, yeah. yeah. Just the spontaneity and adventure. It's fun. That. But then there's other areas where I, I get into the discipline and the routine. That's where I find my sense of like, stability and groundedness right a hundred percent that a lot through my through my health so i think that's the that's the key because i do feel like people who are I, I have met a lot of men who are who are bored they are just tired and kind of burnt out with the mundane right but then they rather than actually going out and living their life as an adventure in terms of taking on a new uh career or traveling the world or doing whatever thing that really is scary, but really make them happy. They find more toxic ways of creating that adventure in their lives, which might alcohol, be more, going out. alcohol, porn, gambling. Yeah. Things that, you know, are ultimately going to lead themselves to uh, a lot more of a, a greater challenge down the road, you know? So yeah. I think to your point is you got to, got to create uh, just more availability in your bandwidth, like you said, in your time, you got to prioritize different things, got to get clear. And I think this is a, an important point uh, as we're kind of wrapping things up that a lot of times this can be overwhelming for, for, for people that are listening to this. And I think that's why it's important to, to get yourself a, a mentor or you have something on your, on your website, don't you like a free uh, tool or something like that that they can use for productivity? Yeah. yeah. So I have like a quick free productivity guide just on some of the things that I've done to kind of multiply time is, or create time is the phrase that I like to use. Cause a lot of people, that's their number one excuse of why they don't work out more, why they don't do this, why they don't read in the morning. I don't have time. That's what everyone says. Right. So like I mentioned earlier, lack of time is really just a lack of priorities. And again, to be fair, I don't have three kids or four kids or anything like that. I don't got to take anybody to school. Um, But 
I still have created the time in my schedule through systems, automation, delegation, waking up an hour earlier, right? So if you go to chrisbello.com slash free, that's where everyone can download that free productivity guide, as well as just following me on Instagram, chrisbello underscore. I'm constantly sharing what I'm doing. Quick tip, hey, here's how you automate emails. So if you're getting newsletters that you want to get, you can automatically mark it as read from your main inbox and forward it to a different email address so that you're not like, oh my gosh, I got 200 emails this week that I kind of want to read, but which ones in here are important for real estate or whatever you do, right? So uh, I would encourage people to check that out, but I appreciate you uh, letting me jump on here and kind of name drop that too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. It's awesome. I think I would would highly encourage whomever is watching or listening to this to just check you out, follow you on Instagram, go to your website, get that free uh, free tool and just see where it takes you. you. And I think sometimes it's, if it, if it f- can feel overwhelming, I think it just, it takes one step, which is maybe just following you, getting that, that free PDF or whatever it is. And then, you know, just taking one action at a time. Right. Yeah. And it, sometimes it is overwhelming because like we said earlier, we've overcommitted and we're so spread thin. So yeah. less is yeah. more as you start to remove things from the calendar, say no to that next thing that you don't really want to do. You know, you don't have to go to all the, the parties, the weddings, the funerals, like, really evaluate. Is this, do I even know this person? Like, why are we going to this wedding? Like, I don't even know who this person is. You don't have to go. And there you go. You save yourself a trip, headache. Like what's the gift that we got to get? Just remove all the decisions that you have in your life as much as possible, especially the little ones. And you buy your sanity back and your clarity. Yeah. 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 I love it. Well, thank you for sharing all, for sure. so many of these good nuggets with, with the listeners. I'm, I'm excited to, this is one of, of many I'll have, I'll have you on as a guest, I'm sure, but uh, I appreciate you, man. And um, likewise, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Guys feel free to follow chrisbello.com, right? Or yep, Chrisbello that's it. on Instagram. There, yep. it is. there it is. And uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of the becoming Kings podcast. We'll catch up with you on the next episode. Thanks Johnny. Cheers guys. Sounds yep, good. See you guys. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.